This is ELT Today, brought to you by Frameworks Education Group. Our guest blogger on ELT Campus talks to us about managing a young learner classroom. In this first podcast in a two-part series, we talk rules, routines, negotiation and co-management, personalizing content, space and differentiation. After many years in the corporate world, Moira Allen changed country and career, going to teach English as a second or other language in Seville, Spain. She found herself working increasingly in the area of young and very young learners. Fourteen years on, Moira reflects on what she's learned about managing a young learner classroom effectively. Well, I came from a completely different background. I, I, I do have a, a degree in English literature, but I also started um, um, in a business environment. I worked in HR, human resources, and that really did, I thought that might help, you know, because I was used to dealing with people, standing up in front, you know, tra- I did some training. Yeah. Um, but I had never study in that sort of classroom environment which is very different mm. and especially with children they they don't have the, they don't have the same attention they you know if they get bored it's written all over their faces or it's they walk out of the, they just move away from the table or they don't look at you so it's much more intimidating in that way it's sort of strange to express it but um in a business environment, people have to at least pretend to be interested, <laughs> or adults. <laughs> they're they're very they're very themselves and they're very natural. But that because of that, it just it is it can be more intimidating. Mm. Well, I started off um, really as like subs like a substitute teacher, and which is even more difficult really because you're you're like thrown in at the deep end. You don't know. The, the class I did I didn't really I didn't know the children that well you don't I didn't know the the program even uh, you know I just had to wing it <laughs> really and that that was hard that was really that was really stressful um, what kind of material uh, support were you given what sort of materials were you using well we used uh, textbooks mm-hmm. and you know you could do your own you can bring your own materials to the class we also we have like a science book that we create ourselves and some you know other material that we make ourselves so i mean the books are good the, they do help but a lot of the books don't have the activities that are in the books they don't last very long you know some kids will just you you say oh, okay explain the activity that might be just coloring in or you know coloring by numbers or, or whatever drawing a picture but they finish at such a different pace from one child to another that you've just sort of finished handing out the books and sorting it out and getting them started on an activity when one when one kid will just say finished <laughs> or they're done <laughs> so that's it's about classroom management as well it's really difficult to um to organize it takes it's really practice it's experience it's time When you have a class that big, or like I'm talking about 20 odd, uh, well, even for small, um, say like 
TEFL type classes of 12 mm. kids. It's really a good idea and it's really important, I think, to, to rotate. So you have what, like, one group of kids doing one activity or just playing, you know, just a, like a play group. And then you can concentrate on a smaller group of children and you can even sit with them while the other group are playing. And that goes for bigger classes as well. If you had 20-odd kids, and you'd have two groups playing or and two groups doing an activity. And then you can monitor that a lot easier. They get used to the routine as well. They know they have to change over. You know, they know they have to sort of stop playing for a bit. Mm. And then the kids that are doing the activity are motivated because they know when they finish the activity, they're going to get a turn to play as well. How long did it take you to sort of establish rules and routines and how did you do it with your classes? Um, it takes it takes from when they join in September, could, you know, when you start the course in September, it could take, you know, it's constant really throughout the year. But for the younger children, some of the more basic routines, you know, it could take up to Christmas. I mean, uh, that's like sort of three-year-olds children who've already been in school for this is their you know four-year-olds and five-year-olds who've already been in school and in the system they know that there are routines if you know what I mean mm. they know that have to you know I don't know maybe go out to playground in a line uh, they you know they know that they need to wash their hands before breakfast touch your feet stamp your feet stamp stamp your feet stamp your feet but when you start off with very small, very young learners like three-year-olds that they, they don't even know that you know they just they come in and they could spend the first few weeks crying and i mean that is <laughs> a reality like from you know that not all, not all of them of course uh but there's always one or two maybe in the class that could every morning come in crying you know but my um, my experience now is more with uh, the five-year-old age group. Yes. Um, which, in a way, that's great because they've already they've already developed and have an awareness that they need to behave and you know they need to have they need these little routines and they. But it's up to the teachers. So you could start the your way of starting the class could be with a song, could be with a chant, could be with. Um, just a little chat with them. Mm. It could be like circle time on the mat. It could be um, a clapping hands kind of thing routine, you know. So it, they're very quick to pick up on mm, routines or how what we what I do as a teacher, you know, what their English teacher does or what their French teacher does, and mm. they they like it and they'll fall into that. You have to keep them up. Though. You have to. I mean, one thing, for example, one thing we do every Monday is we have like, I, I choose captains of the tables. This is just an example. Yeah. So there's four groups, and every Monday they change captain, and the captain is, is the the child who has to like get the pencil cases for the for their table, tidy away the things that 
stuff, tidy away the scissors and glue when they're finished with them. Mm. Uh, you know, tidy the chairs, tries to keep the tape, tries to keep their group quiet or, or, or not or whatever, you know, they, so they have their little jobs. And it's amazing. Like if I forget on a Monday morning, they're going to remind me they're I'll never forget because they remind me. <laughs> They'll like say, "When are we going to change the captain?" And they know then even yeah. once you've done it, they know who's next. They know who. Oh, they do. They work out. They they work out among themselves who's who's next to be captain. You know. Oh yes, I, I have a four-year-old who who always knows how how many people away it is for her to be the person in charge. She's waiting <laughs> in, in a line. There's three people before she she's going to be the uh, in gada gada, as they call them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're very good with that. They're very good with um, their jobs, routines, things like that. That's why they, that's why it works really well. Mm. How have you sort of to what extent do you like negotiate the rules? For example, do you? come up with them together or um... yeah that's a good question because it's something we've been doing more recently in the last couple of years where at the beginning of the year uh, take for example a five-year-old class um, we would de decide the rules what we call essential agreements um, you can call them whatever you want I suppose but this in where we are we call them essential agreements and they are like they're things that children uh, with the teacher or as a whole come up with. Like, so they might say something like no running in the class. Mm. But in another class, in a different class, they might come up with a different one, you know, no pushing or no no hitting, you know. And they might, have, you know, put, tight, put papers in the bin or, yeah, yeah. Sit, sit properly or something you know but it's kind of they they come up with their own ideas which is good which is great because then they it's like a contract you know with... how do you stage your lessons typically well again you go you know back, back to the routines you do we have to do the register in the morning you have to see who's you know who's in who's not and that kind of thing so you do get the sort of i, I do let them play for the first 10-15 minutes because it's such a long morning and wait until everybody has come into the class it's it's different I suppose than mm. you know than a sort Same. of Tefl environment and then we we have mat time and that is that's very good where I sit they sit in a circle on the mat and I, I sit with them and we talk about what we're going to do that morning or in the afternoon or it could be I could use that time to read a story as well um and then yeah you ha you'd have like one activity ready one or two activities based around like a topic personalizing it yeah so, so exactly that's the idea really is that kids do bring things into the glass and then you use it to say, oh, look at this, Guillermo has this toy, what is it, you know, and then you see you can use a walk talk around it, what what color is it, you know, does it have, what are these things, you're pointing to the wheels, or obviously they'll give you a lot of the answers in Spanish, but some kids will say it in English. Yeah. So you're sort of relating it to something that a child would have either talked about or brought into the class, um, or something, a poster you have on the wall, and it does make a big difference to them because it sort of personalizes it for them and 
they they can connect, you know. You've got here in your in your article you wrote um, a couple of points. For example, make the class your own and the students. Mm -hmm. How? Do, what do you mean by that? I mean just even the layout of the class. If you don't like the fact that um, you know the mat area is over by the door or whatever, you know, you make it comfortable for you. You know, mm. obviously, if you're using it with another teacher, then. You need to talk about that with the other teacher. Sort of breaking um, the classroom. It depends on the size of your classroom, I suppose, of course. Um, but breaking it up into little areas as well, maybe, you know. Okay. Uh, if, if it's a smaller, uh, right, okay, I remember back when, you know, when I had smaller groups, you might have a little corner that was like for fast finishers, you know. So the kids who would finish quickly would have like a little, maybe a corner in the room where you have like a little maybe for, so for older kids we'd have like a little memory game or a puzzle like a kind of quiet corner mm. you know or a little um that's quite important isn't it to differentiate and have have different sort of um activities ready for those like you say as you call them fast finishes the little areas in a classroom or the rotating makes your life a lot easier too you know Again, because as well as, yeah, comes, as well as the children knowing what to do next, you exactly. know exactly. They know what to do, and they know they know what's going to come next. And that's all about those routines as well, and familiar activities in different parts of the room. And You've been listening to a Frameworks Education Group podcast for ELT Today. Join me next time as we continue to talk about managing a young learner classroom. We'll talk about variation, mood and monitoring, fast finishes and finger puppets. <laughs>